Let's sing it. Say, show us, show us, show us your glory. Show us, sing it. Show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Come on. Sing it again. That you would show us. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Heavenly Father, that you would come into this place and show us your presence, show us your love, show us your grace. Would you come rest on us? For there is nothing that we need more than your presence and your grace and your love. Heavenly Father, just come and be in this place. Come rest on us. Rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, the Spirit come over us. Come rest on us.
your love, your grace, and your mercy. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. For you are good. Heavenly. Hey, church, it is so good to see you in the house of the Lord. Could you turn to someone and say the presence of the Lord is here? Would you just be welcome into his presence today? Amen. Welcome to someone.
my, my mom and dad were pastors, and I've been in the church for a long time. This is Daniel Rubio. Uh, it started New Beginnings through New Path Ministries in 2014. Uh, Doug, everybody calls me Bishop. Kyle, uh, I've been going to church for about a year now. Uh, I came to New Beginnings, a uh, heavy drug addict, broken. My name is Aaron Baca. My name is Adam Baca. My name is Randy. We've been going to New Beginnings about seven years. Art Rocha. My name is Anthony. Uh, on your way over here, what were you expecting? I was trying to open up my heart to allow the Holy Spirit to speak and just allow Him to take over and just, just be in the moment, take it all in, you know, just uh, God's blessing. Uh, what are your expectations coming here to Lone Tree Ranch? You know what, first of all, to meet a lot of people that I don't know at church. Bethel. Bethel. Um, my expectations for this weekend is that we all get not just physically fed, but we also get spiritually fed. Came out last year and I had a good experience. So this year I brought my son. Well, uh, I'm more excited about the horseback riding because I've never done anything like that in my life. Pretty new to the church, so I primarily came just to meet people and you know make acquaintances and make friends. All this week, what was the best fun thing you did? Expanded my spiritual family. I met so many more people here that I you when you're in church or you pass by and you say hi or whatever. But I I got to really really know my new spiritual brothers. So I, I appreciate my extended family. And uh, yeah, I just hope to grow it even even further. Amen, brother. Good evening, my family. Wow, what a powerful time that the men of God had out there at Lone Tree Ranch, amen? Man, what a life-changing event for so, so, so many. Thank you, church, for supporting that effort and men of God for attending it. And for those who participated, thank you so much. Hopefully next year we will outgrow it. You know, this year we, we outgrew it by 100%. We doubled our numbers this year from last year to this year. The camp director called me and he goes, this, these were his words to me. He said, what are you guys doing over there? You guys doubled your number from last year. And God, to God be the glory. Amen. To God be the glory. Thank you, church. Uh, church, my name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church. And I just want to catch you up on a, on a few things before uh, we hand the pulpit over to our senior pastor who's about to... To, to bring uh, an exciting word for all of us tonight, amen, one that we definitely need. A church, we want to remind you guys of just a few things that's going on. Uh, one thing that we really, really want to remind you of is trunk or treat, right? It's that time of year already, yes, trunk or treat. And, and so, church, we want to invite you and your families and your neighbors and your community. I want you guys to make sure that you're inviting People that you know and love. This isn't exclusive to our church. It's exclusive to our community and to our city. And we want to make sure that we impact our entire community. That literally the entire city. We never ever put boundaries around our church. And we want to make sure that everyone is welcome here for that. We want to extend the love of Christ through even that type of event. Church is going to be on October the 28th. And it begins at 5 30 and so start spreading the word on that church if you want to register your vehicle to be showcased in that 
and you're like, hey, man, I want to support my church in that, man. You know, you've been a part of the lifeblood here at New Beginnings, and you want to participate in that way. Register a vehicle. You know what? I have a 2010 Honda Accord with 259,000 miles. And I'll still showcase white, it's white lightning. If you guys ever see white lightning driving around, that's my car. I'm saying that because you don't have that. It's not a, it's not a car show. Okay? It's not a car show. If white lightning can be in that, in, in trunk or treat, any car can be in trunk or treat. Okay? And so if, if you just want to participate and say, hey, I want to be a part of that and see the joy in these children's lives or people in the community that really don't get to participate in anything like that and you want to spread the love of Christ, you can do it that way, even with your 1984 Dodge Colt. That's okay. My boy back there has one. Okay? And so you guys want to participate, please register online. You can go to NBCABQ.com. And, of course, here in a little bit, you'll have that QR code that's going to be behind me in a bit in which you can scan and you can register for that. Okay? So remember, October the 28th, if you want to do that. Church, one awesome, exciting thing. I know we were just talking about the men of God who did that. Uh, Women of the Church of God, we we have a group here uh, that we call Sisterhood for the Women of New Beginnings. Uh, and so, church, women of all ages from across the board, from children's church to youth to, to, to our senior living group, I mean, church, they're, it's all part of sisterhood. They had an awesome movie night a few weeks back, and we said, you know what, uh, I think we want to do that for the entire church. And so, it's going to happen, church, October the 6th, we're having a movie night here at New Beginnings Church. It's not going to be in this sanctuary it's going to be there in our youth in our youth overflow room and rec room and, and sanctuary. There are limited seats are available, okay? S- seats are available, but they're very, very limited. And so, church, if you please sign up and reserve your spot today, you can do that always, right, by that QR code we're going to show here in a little bit, as well as going to NBCABQ.com, or you can just call the front office and, and say, hey, can you sign me up? because I'm not too familiar with all that, be more than glad to, or you can talk to Sister Tressa at the Info Center. Our church, um, one more thing I want to remind you guys on is Saturday, November the 4th, we want to continue to remind you about Family Life's radio uh, marriage conference. It's coming here to New Beginnings. Dr. Randy Carlson will be here in person. And so we invite you to also look at our website and sign up there. I mean, it's not just for marriages that might be in crisis. It's for those who just need a little tune-up or those who need a reminder or those who just want to use the information to encourage others. Uh, You can use it as that as well. But church, we want to remind you to always stay on top of what's going on at New Beginnings because if I were to list and talk about the things that we're involved in and we want you to be involved in, I'd take up another 45 minutes of time because there's so much that you and I do. And we thank the Lord and we thank you of all, right? for being a part of everyday walk with us and how what we do in impacting a lost and dying world through the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Church, that QR code is behind me. So if that QR code, you want to scan that picture, you want to click on that link that comes up and then you can register for all those events that we just spoke about or look at all the other events and just check it out and see what's going on in New Beginnings. And while you're in that app, that bottom right hand corner, there's that heart. If you have not been able to participate yet or maybe you're saying, I want to be a part of that. Um, I want to be able to be a part of what we do around the world, literally what you and I do around the world in our uh, financial support to our ministries around the world. You can do that by giving online, uh, whether it's texting. That's behind me right now. Uh, you can either text, you can give online, 
you can do it through the app. Or if you'd like, you can drop off an envelope at one of the tithing boxes at the entryways of this sanctuary. Amen, church? We thank you so much for your participation in these events, all those that are to come, those that are behind us for the year. But church, we turn it over to Pastor Richard. You need to give me some. Well, thank you, Pastor Mike. Thank you, George. Guys, it's a joy to have you here in the house. Youth, I think most of you already went, but if there's any lagging behind youth, the youth have already been dismissed to their class. Guys, I preached a sermon last week on running away from God. Tonight, I want to talk about running to God. Let me tell you something. We have to understand what an amazing, loving God we have. I don't know what kind of father you had in your life, but sometimes we take on the image of God, of how we had a relationship with our father. And sometimes if you had a really ugly, mean father that physically, sexually, verbally, psychologically, spiritually abused you, you want to pull away from God and go like, no way, man, there's no way I want to go to him. But we serve a God that is so loving and caring and overwhelmingly filled with love and accepts us and welcoming, and holds his arms wide open, and he's saying, come on home, son, come on home, daughter, come on, mijo, come on, mija, and he calls us to himself, and we need to run to him and just come to him. I want to read out of this passage in the Gospel of Mark, and in chapter 5, and in chapter 5, starting at verse 22 through 34, it says there that there was a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jarius, and, and, and he had arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell to his feet. Here he is, this man that runs at Jesus. He sees him. He knows he's coming. He falls at his feet, and he's pleading fervently with him, my little daughter is dying, he said. Please come lay hands on her. Heal her so that she can live. So, man, it says that Jesus went with him. And it said all the people are following and they're crowding around. So there's a mob. You got to see this picture. Jesus is going and he's going to go to his house. And there's a mob of people because they want to hang out with Jesus. But they also want to see what's going to happen. They want to see if this is really real. It's like some of you come to church because you know somebody really well. And you know that they were all messed up. And now they're not all messed up. And you go, how did you change? And you go, Jesus changed me. And you're like, oh, come on. And you're like, really? I go to this church and they preach and they help us. And you're like, really? Man, and so here you are tonight because you're like one of the crowd wanting to see what Jesus is about to do. And it says, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. And she had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years, and she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. Stop right there. So right now, here this lady, she's got a bleeding problem. We don't know what that means, except there's some kind of female organ problem, and she's been bleeding. But she's been bleeding for 12 years, man. She's had a problem for a long time. And so you got to understand what's going on here because when you were sick and you had a bleeding problem, women had to announce themselves and they had to walk in saying, unclean, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine how embarrassing that must have been? Can you imagine how just humiliating? 
And so she's like, man, I'm not going to say nothing because I want to get close to Jesus because all the other people are wanting to get close to Jesus. And when they get close to Jesus and they run to Jesus, things happen. I'm not going to run away anymore. I've been running away for 12 years. I've been going to doctors. I've spent every penny I have, and all they did was make me worse. You ever gone to a doctor and they make you worse? We'll talk about that another time, but boy, oh, boy. I've had my share of stories there as well. Okay, let's move on. So she had heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. And can you imagine the things she heard? She must have heard he healed the blind. No, no, he did he, he made this person that couldn't walk to walk. Man, it was somebody that was deaf, and he gave them back their sight. And, and, and so she's heard about Jesus. So she came up from behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. So she's like, that's the guy. That's him right there. And, and I got to get to him. And I'm not going to yell unclean, because if I yell unclean, Maybe everyone might move, but maybe Jesus won't want to let me touch his robe. I don't even want to touch him. I don't want to mess with him. I don't want to bother him. I don't want to interrupt him. He's way too busy for me. I'm, I'm insignificant. I'm just someone in the crowd. But she touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I could just touch his robe, I will be healed. So she's like, all I need to do is just touch his robe. I don't even need to touch him. This guy is so anointed, I just need to touch his robe, and I'll be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. So, man, immediately she felt like, oh, my God, it worked. My bleeding stopped. Like, she felt that surge of power, that surge of energy, that surge of healing. She's like, man, it stopped immediately, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus, who's filled with all these people crowding in, touching, and reaching out to him, Jesus realized that once that healing power had gone out of him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Now think about it. Now, you're one of the disciples. You're kind of watching out for Jesus. You're kind of trying to break room for him to walk through. And he goes, who touched my robe? Wouldn't that really seem like a really dumb question? Like, really, Jesus? Look around. And that's exactly what they said. His disciples said to him, look, look at this crowd pressing around. How can you even ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done this. Now, look. Just for the record, Jesus already knew who did it, okay? He's not ignorant. But what he's doing is saying, you know what? You know you just touched my robe. You know you were just healed. I don't want you to sneak away and not tell anybody. Let me tell you something. You don't have to go public with all of your sickness. You don't have to go public with all of your problems. But I'm telling you, don't hide what God has done in your life when he has done something in your life. So he's saying, come on, step up, speak up, step out, say it. I want to hear it. So he says, so he keeps looking around to see you doing it. Then a frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her came and fell at his feet. She runs to Jesus now. She's coming to Jesus in front of him and told him, 
what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Praise you, Lord. So, Father, I pray right now that, Lord, you help us learn out of this passage for our life, for our life, for what we're going through, what we're facing, the 12 years of pain we've been carrying, the 12 years of agony, of trying all kinds of things to get help, and now, poof, Jesus was the answer the whole time. I pray blessing in Christ's name, amen. So look, when you run to Jesus, one of the first things you need to do is run to God early on. Run to God at the beginning. Run to God at the very beginning of the whole situation, not at the end. What's the saying? Oh, I guess we have to pray now. Don't let prayer be the last resort. Let prayer be the first resort. Start off with prayer. Pray, 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 pray. That's why I'm always saying, pray, 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 pray. Because you never know what situation you're going to run into. She didn't know Jesus was coming. They didn't advertise that in the paper. They didn't have television ads, hey, Jesus will be in town. All of a sudden, she heard, Jesus said, Jesus, the guy that heals, the guy that restores, the guy that does miracles, Jesus, Jesus, oh, my gosh. Man, she wanted to run to him early on, but see, she hadn't even heard about him yet. Many of you have heard about him, but you keep putting it off. Oh, I'm not ready yet. It's not my time yet. It's not, when is going to be your time? You're going to wait till you're dying? You're going to wait for your last breath? What if you don't make it? What if you don't say the prayer right before you die? And you feel like saying, Heavenly Father, but you don't get the words out. You go, that song's over, baby. It's over. You're dead. You're dead. And you stand before the Father. Because it says every knee is going to stand before God. Every person is going to stand before God, and every knee is going to bow and confess Jesus is Lord. And so you're going to be there and go, oh, Jesus, you are Lord. And he's going to say, get away from me. I don't even know you. It's not because he's a cruel God. It's because you kept putting it off. You kept running to a lot of other things for 12 years she ran to other things and other people and other resources to take care of her, but guess what? She just got worse. Is that anyone's story here tonight? You've been running and running and running and running, and you've been running like a chicken without a head. You're going all over the place, and all you're doing is getting worse. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 says, Ask me, and I will... I will tell you remarkable secrets that you, not, you do not know about things to come. Another version says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that you do not know. He's saying, call me. Don't put it off. Why do you put it off? I'll never forget my dad. He had gotten cancer and he said, you've got probably six to nine months to live. He drove himself to the doctor. He had bone cancer, bone marrow cancer, multiple myeloma. And he had fallen and he had injured his back. So 
He had been going to chiropractors and he had been going to doctors and they were giving him stretching things and putting them on stretchers and all they were doing was breaking more bones. So finally a doctor says, man, this man has bone cancer. And when they told my dad that, he was so paralyzed, he had driven himself there, walked in, and he couldn't even leave. My sister had to go there. I wasn't living in El Paso at the time. My sister had to go pick him up and drive him home. It paralyzed him so much. The shock of the pain, the shock of the agony. And finally, I met with him, and I go, Dad, you don't understand. I go, you need Jesus. And I locked myself in the room, and I told his wife, my mother had died years before, and I told his wife, look, don't let anyone come in the room because I'm not leaving till my dad accepts the Lord. And I started ministering to him and talking to him. And you know what my dad said? He goes, mijo, he goes, I haven't asked God to come into my life all these years. I definitely don't deserve now coming to him with nothing left in my life given I go that's exactly what he wants he wants what's left in your life your heart I go dad you're not supposed to clean up to come to the Lord he'll do that for you I go you don't understand dad you know how messed up my life was and if there was a way to measure the peace of God that I have in my life compared to all of our family that's not hasn't given their life to the Lord they're not saved I would outweigh you guys with the peace that I have. And he gave his life to the Lord that day. And he lived five more years. And he, and he served God those years. And he was like, why didn't I come to God earlier? And I said, I know I tried. Listen to me. Some of you keep putting it off. You keep running the wrong direction. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm going to start at verse 7. Is there any way you can pull 7 up? I don't think, because I didn't send it. So let's wait. Right now, I'm going to start with verse 7. Give all your worries and cares to God. So give all your worries and cares to God, because he cares for you. Now verse 8, and he says, stay alert. If you're Chicano, he's going, trucha. <laughs> if you're English only, heads up. Watch out. If you're Tex-Mex, watchale. <laughs> All of you guys go, I now I know what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Stay alert. Watch out. For your great enemy. Your great enemy. Who's our great enemy? The devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. He's looking for prey, and he's saying it's looking for someone to devour. So he's saying, come to God early. Come to God now. Quit putting it off. Oh, but you don't know my background. I, I, you're right, I don't. I know some of your backgrounds. I don't know all of your backgrounds. But you don't understand. I'm like really messed up. Man, <laughs> You know what? God is in the transformation business. It doesn't matter how messed up you are. It doesn't matter how messed up you are. I was saying this the other day, and I told this to someone just the other day. It's the way my brain functions, but 
I always think about this because there's people that are really all messed up and they think they're like Humpty Dumpty. They have the Humpty Dumpty complex. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. You sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. You had a great fall. And you're in shattered pieces. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. You and I are the king's horses and the king's men. We are the ones, sometimes we as a church don't have the power to do it, but the king can put them back together. The king can make them one again. The king can make it happen. Glory to God for the king. Because the king says, move aside, boys and girls, watch how it's done. And that's what happened. The disciples even said that one time. Hey, we rebuked, we did everything. And he goes, some things are only through fasting and prayer. Let me show you how it's done. He didn't do it braggadocious. He didn't do it like, let me show. No, he said, you need to learn. You need to learn. We need to learn to help people, teach them to run to God early on. It's smart. It's really smart to invoke God's help in a crisis. But listen, it's even smarter to get his help before the crisis. Look, some of us, we see the problem ahead, and what do we do? Absolutely nothing. Others start praying, preparing, getting fed, staying up spiritually because they know the war is coming, the, the, the fight's about to go down. Others, they just keep living, and they keep going through it, and they go through it in ways that they end up messing their life up. So make sure you run to God early on. Second thing is make sure that you run to God because you're not the only one bleeding in the crowd. I, I know I talked about this, but you're not the only one bleeding. Hear me, hear that. You're not the only one in pain. I've said this before, but if you and I could see in the spiritual right now what's happening spiritually, and you look into someone's life, you could see puddles of blood all around people because people are hurting, people are broken, people are bleeding, people are being poured out, and they go like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And you hide it behind your beautiful smile. And you just go, hey, hi, how you doing? You know what, you know, hello. It's going okay. You don't have to say, it's the worst thing in my... But you know what? It's okay to say, I've had better days. I could use your prayers. I could use a hug right now. I could use some encouragement. It's okay. It's, you've got to understand you're not the only one bleeding. Everyone has something going on. I got a phone call five days ago. This lady says, Pastor, my brother just passed away. I said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Five days later, she calls today and says, Pastor, my sister-in-law just died. My cousin just died. And my best friend just died. In five days, she lost four very close, close people in her life. And I was like, my goodness gracious, the pain she's carrying. And you might not even know it. You don't, we don't know each other's pain. And even when we share our pain, 
we, we don't go into all the details. There's people right next to you right now that might need intensive care. They need a transfusion of God's blood in their life. They need oxygen from the, the breath of God into their lungs. There's people that are broken and hurting and, and falling apart. Do you understand that the lady really wasn't the odd man out with the bleeding problem? The odd person out is the one without pain. If you don't have any pain at all in your life, you really are like an anomaly. It's like, wow, really? Nothing? Really, you don't have any pain at all? I'm jealous. Step on them. No, 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 no. Don't do that. I'm joking. But you know what? It's just that we're, we're so used to our pain, we don't even say, what? no, I'm, I don't have any pain. But to get up, you're, to open a can, you're, to tie your shoes, you're, because your arthritis is, is, but you learn to live with it, so it, it's no big deal anymore, yet we're all bleeding, some emotionally, some psychologically, some spiritually, some physically. Just there's pain, pain that some of us have been carrying since we were young for the 12 years of bleeding, and you still haven't found it. Run to God because you're not the only one bleeding. Run to God because you're not the only one hurting. When Jesus saw the crowd in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says that he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Confused and helpless. Have ever any of you ever been confused and helpless? Like sheep without a shepherd? Sheep are really dumb animals. They really are. They're very dumb animals. Man, if, if one sheep, they just follow each other. So if one runs and jumps off the cliff, they'll just keep going. No, none of them smart enough to go, where'd he go, man? Just stop. <laughs> like, oh, man, they're splattered. I'm not going to jump. No, they just go, here we go. Wee, 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 wee. How many dumb sheep do we have in the house? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. And the ones next year are going, look at all the scars. Wee. God help us. We're all bleeding. We're hurting. We need help. We need God's peace and strength and his love and his mercy. We need the overwhelming love of God to fill us with his power and his majesty. So come to him early. Come to him early. It's like, for those of you that know and don't know, I, I just had a full hip replacement. And the hospital where I had the surgery, it's a teaching hospital. And so the, the surgeon is the, the head of the department, and he's a very well-known surgeon and supposed to be one of the best. And, and so he, because my hip was so rotted from arthritis but also COVID, the COVID I had ate up all my bone, and, and, and it was 
it was cratered out and it was full of holes in it. I go, but he, he took a picture of it because he wanted to teach his students. So he told me, he goes, he goes, Pastor, you were pretty messed up. I go, yeah, I think so. I couldn't walk. I, I, I was in a lot of pain. He goes, no. I, he goes, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff, but I've never seen a hip like yours. He goes, because of your COVID, he, I looked at your charts, and he goes, I had to take a picture of it because I want to use it as a case study. And I go, ooh, could I have a picture? And he goes, yeah. So he sent me the picture. And then I said, man, I wish I would have known. I would have asked you for the hip, the, the ball, you know? Because wouldn't that be a cool top of a cane? What are they? So what happened to you? Mira, there's my hip right there. It's all, I'm all jacked up, yeah. We're all hurting. We all are messed. I know, I'm messed. He goes, man, you, you seem pretty crazy. I go, but wouldn't that be cool? He goes, oh, I, I, maybe so. I don't know, you know. But we're all bleeding. Third thing I want to remind us is that we all... You need to run to God with your problem, no matter how big or how small. You know, I talked about that last week, but we have a tendency to run away. We have a tendency to run away if our problem's too small because we think, I don't want to bother God with this problem. He's way too busy. God will stop anything and everything for you. All you have to do, look, the best prayer to to pray to God is just four letters, help. And he goes, what do you need? Call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. What do you need? I'll help you. What do you need? You mean the world to me. What do you need? I know you so well. What do you need? What are you going through? I want to hear you. I know what you're going through, but I want you to confess what you're going through because that way you can really say, this is my problem. It's not somebody else. It's me. They might have caused some problems, but we are right in the middle of it. Amen? And a lot of times, we don't like to take responsibility for our actions. And some people say, you made me do this. No, you did it. <laughs> it might have been something dumb I did that made you do it, but you chose to do it because that's how you chose to respond. Look, if I walked up to you and punched you in the face... Some of you would punch me back. Some of you would run and go, man, that dude's crazy. Stay away from the pastor. He doesn't lay hands on you. He punches you in the face. No, but are you with me? Everyone's going to respond different. Now, if you came up to me and punched me in the face, I'd say, you know what? Don't do that again. No, I, I wouldn't punch you right away. I would, I know, I really would. I would say, don't do that again. I'm a man, and I'm a man of God, but if you touch me again, I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down. It's going to go down. The laying on a hand is going to change today because I'm going to defend myself, and I'm going to defend you. I'm going to protect you if I possibly can. But some people are like, oh, my gosh. And, and, and we end up doing things. So sometimes people get arrested because someone punched them in the face 
and, and it was over, but they said, it's not over till I take you down. And then you wait for them and you jump them and you, and, and then you, well, they started the fight an hour ago. But the imminent danger was over and now you took matters in your own hands and now you're in all kinds of trouble. Well, they started it, but you know what? But you messed up. But I didn't, how can you say I messed up? They start, see, we start trying to rationalize and justify our lives with other things when we have to realize that no matter how big or how small this situation is, God is saying, bring it to me. I'll help you resolve this problem. You're having a little beef with somebody. It's no big deal. We'll take care of it. You're having a big beef with somebody. God has ways of neutralizing the whole situation and calming it down. But we think, I can't bother God. Yeah, like if he wants to hear my problem. That's what he's waiting for. He's hoping you're going to pour yourself out to him. He's hoping you're going to empty yourself. He's hoping you're going to say, you know what? They did this, but let me tell you what I did. I blew it, God. I blew it. They got me going, and I jumped in with both feet, and I said some really ugly things I shouldn't have said. They said it first, but boy, did I finish it, and I regret it. Man, God. Help me repair this. I like if I'm going to bother God with that. Yes. No matter how big or how small, he cares about you. He says he knows every hair numbered on your head. What he's trying to say there is he knows intricate little things about you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're up against but he wants you to come to him with the problem. He wants you to tell him. It's like if you went to a doctor's office and you walked in and they go, so what brings you here today? I drove. But why are you here? Because uh, I'm sick. Well, what's wrong with you? You're the doctor, you tell me. Well, give me a starting point. What seems to be bothering you? You are now because you're not trying to help me. Are you with me? No, you got to communicate. Doctor, this is what's going on. Well, when did this start? And, and, and then they start asking you questions because they want to know what's going on in your life. How did it happen? What's going on? They're trying to find out. God wants us to find out. He already knows, but he wants us to confess our sin. He wants us to confess our problem. He wants us to confess our burden. He wants us to confess our pain. He wants us to confess whatever we're going through, and he wants to let us know that, you know what? He hears us, and he's concerned about us, and he knows what he wants to do for us. So he's saying right there, just like what it says in Matthew chapter 10, In verse 29 through 31, in these three verses, it says, so what's the price of two sparrows? It's just one copper coin. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your Father in heaven knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. He says, 
you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. So don't hesitate. Don't run the wrong way. Run to God, no matter how big or how small. He's not burdened. He's, and God doesn't say, oh, you again? Oh, my gosh. What do you want now? You're just a hypochondriac. He doesn't say that. Even if you are a hypochondriac. A hypochondriac is someone that they're always, something's always wrong with them. I'm sick. I'm, they're, they're not, nothing's wrong with them. But finally, sometimes the doctor just goes, here, take this medicine. And it's just sugar water. I feel so much better. Wow, it's even kind of sweet. But then there's some people that are really, truly sick. God doesn't turn you away. He knows if you're faking. He knows when you're lying. God, they did this and this and this. I didn't do nothing. He's going, really? You didn't do anything at all? Well, I mean, you know they started it, right? Yeah, but you just kept it going. But you know, what would you have done, God? What would you have done? Well, Jesus showed us exactly how, how to handle situations. He modeled it for us. So run to God. No matter how big or small your problem is, run to him. Run to him and say, God, I got this situation. I, I blew it. I messed up. God, I was minding my own business. I was just sitting there, and a car came and wrecked into me. They were drunk. I, I had nothing to do with it. He goes, I know. I saw that. I'm going to watch out. There's times that we do something to cause pain in our life, but sometimes we haven't done a thing, and someone else does something that causes pain in our life. We're like, man, that's messed up. And then sometimes it's because sin came into the world. See, we would never have had deformities. We never would have had problems like that. But sin came into the world, now we have deformities. But hear me. God says, I love you, and I'm going to use you exactly the way you are. There's people without arms that God's using, people without legs God's using. There's people, God uses people to bring transformation. So run to God. Run to God early on. Run to God in your pain, because everyone has it. Run to God, little or small. And then run to God. Try not to fall in the pit of hopelessness. Let me tell you, I've said this many times before. When you find yourself in a pit, put down the shovel, quit digging. But what do we do? We're in a mess. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't see anybody. Nobody can see me when I did. Let me get, let me, let me do something else. Let me, let me do something. And we're digging and digging and we're digging ourselves deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper till you're so deep, you're in a pit of hopelessness. You literally think nothing can help me out of this one. I'm in a mess. I am in a mess that I can't get out of. Judas 
the apostle and Peter the apostle. They both did the same sin. They sold out Jesus. Judas sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. He said, this guy's lost his vision. He pulled away. He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's not doing it the way I think he's supposed to be doing. So you know what? Let's go ahead and get him out of the picture. Peter denied him. Like, hey, you're one of his followers. No, not, I don't know that dude. I don't know him. Man, I saw you with him. I, I'll prove it I'm not one of him. And he started cussing. Like, I'll show you that I'm not him. So he started like, and they were like, oh, man, those are really bad cuss words. Wow. There's no way he could be one of him. And, and he was trying to, he, because Peter thought, oh, man, this is a hopeless case. Judas thought, this is a hopeless case. I sold him out. Then they see that Jesus didn't turn his back on them. And all of a sudden, you see that Jesus showed nothing but love. But Judas was so deep in the pit of hopelessness, so far down that he couldn't understand the grace of God. He couldn't understand the forgiveness of God. He could not understand the words of Jesus dying on the cross. Forgive them, Father, because they do not know what they're doing as the very men that nailed him to the cross are gambling for his robe. I don't know about you, man. That would be hard to process. You're dying and you look down and they're going, come on, lucky seven. Oh, my goodness. And he's going, God, please don't hold this sin against them. They don't even know what they're doing. And Peter was like, I can't believe I sold him out. I can't believe I denied him. I can't believe I did this. And, but God gave him hope. Judas was like, there's no hope for me. So he went and hung himself. They wouldn't take back the money, the 30 pieces of silver. So he went out and bought a, 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 a plot, a, a piece of land, and he hung himself there. He took his own life because he thought there's no other way out. Peter was so bummed out, he said, I'm out of here, guys. I'm not going to kill myself, but I'm going to go back to what I used to do. I, I was a fisherman. I'm not worthy to, to be among you guys, so I'm out of here. And he went back to his fishing. He went back to his old life. He went back to what he once knew instead of what he had been introduced to. See, when you lose your hope, you start going the wrong direction. When you lose your hope, you forget the hope of God. You forget the love of God. You forget the forgiveness of God. You forget that God can transform and do something brand new. Don't you understand that our God can and our God will and our God is doing it? And he wants to do it. He's still doing it today. Some people don't believe in miracles. Do you know how many miracles are in this room right now? 
We're talking miracles. We're talking some that have been healed, some that have been transformed, some people that were sentenced for years and years and years in prison, and they're out, not because they broke out, but because God turned around and shortened the sentence, and here they are. People that, that have a police record, and they're now, now called pastor. Man of God, woman of God. Only God does stuff like that. Only God. And I'm just mentioning the little miracles. Not even talking about big ones. Like people that were ready to get divorced and God healed their marriage. People ready to give up and they, they, they kept pushing on. People that had given up on their children and, and they had one last round of prayer and now their children are serving God. I mean, the miracles upon miracles that have happened are, they're, they're just endless. And, and Peter was hopeless. I'm just going to go back fishing. And all of a sudden, when Mary went to the disciples and said, Lord, we saw him. He's not dead. He's risen. And he said, he said to tell all of you and Peter, he said, he said to tell all of the disciples and Peter. He pointed Peter out because he knew Peter was not in a good state of mind. Peter wasn't in a good place. And he was saying, hey, Peter, you know what, Peter? You got to make sure that you get it through your head. I haven't rejected you. You rejected me, but I didn't reject you. And just because you denied me before man, I'm not going to deny you before the Father. That's why I even told you ahead of time, Satan chooses to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for your salvation. And I'm telling you, God is praying for our salvation. God is praying for us to serve him. God is praying for us to follow him. God is praying for us to become children of God. And some of you are here for the first time because someone invited you, or you just said, I need a new beginning. And you Googled new beginning, and you go, wow, there's a new beginning church. About that, I'm going to come here. And you came here, and you go, hey, I remember this place. It used to be a nightclub. Somebody told me that last week. Pastor, the last time I was in here, I go, you were discoing, right? Yeah. It was wild, man. We got all messed up. And, and I go, yeah. We're still dancing, but now we're dancing in the spirit of God because God turned the nightclub into a nightclub and he wants to change your life too. So here you are. And now you got to make a decision. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? Are you going to run away? You're going to run away from the greatest decision of your life? You're going to run away and say, I'm, I'm just not ready yet. What are you waiting for until you're dead and six people bring you into church carrying you in a box? Or are you going to run to God today and say, man, I wish that pastor would shut up, man, because he's like messing with my head. And that's not me. The Holy Spirit's talking to you. You never know when it might be your turn next for a miracle. So today, if you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do that, if you've never 
prayed to accept Christ as your Savior and your Lord, and you want to do that, raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Man, that's me. Anyone? Anyone here tonight? Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Praise God. Listen, those of you that raised your hand, I want you to stand up because we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you because you're making an amazing decision. So would all of you say this prayer along with this sweet lady, this young man? Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Today I realize how much I need a Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins, and I accept him as my Savior and my Lord and want to live for him the rest of my life. And I pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Can you guys come up here real quick? I just want to give you a hug. I'm so happy for you all. So, so happy for you all. What an exciting time. I want to pray with you, brother. I'm excited for you. So excited for you. This is an exciting day. An exciting day. Praise the Lord. Lord, thank you for these decisions made today. Pastor Chris has a Bible for you. Just follow him, okay? You know what? Some of you are still bleeding. 12 years, and you're still bleeding. And God wants to heal you today. He wants to heal your body, your mind, and your spirit. And I don't know what you might be facing, but I encourage you to come up. If you want prayer, there's people that will pray with you. Would you stand with us and make your way up and just trust in God Believe that he's going to do a mighty work for you. Let him start right now, right where you are. And if you want to invite someone to come up with you, say, hey, would you go pray with me up there? I want prayer. Prayer team, make your way up here, guys. We need you to come and help. Prayer. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often do, but every song must end, and you never do. So I throw on my hands, praise you again and again, because all that I
Father, thank you. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Sing it out and say it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now look, can you turn all the bright house lights on for us? I want you right now, as you leave, I want you to go up to somebody that you do not know and just encourage them. Just say, hey, I hope you have a really good rest of the week. God bless you. Okay? You're dismissed as you encourage each other on the way out. God bless you.